Here it comes, the latest people, trends, and news on sustainable living in and around our corner of the country. Down to Earth with Mrs. Green, Spotlight on the Southwest. And now, Mrs. Green. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Down to Earth with Mrs. Green, and tonight we are going to put a spotlight on Tucson Medical Center. And I'm going to call it TMC a lot because that's a mouthful, and we want to use every bit of time that we have for the content tonight. TMC is leading the way in improving the health and well-being of the communities of Tucson and Southern Arizona with a wide range of wellness offerings that address physical, nutritional, mental, and emotional well-being, TMC is helping to create a healthier Tucson, and that is the truth spoken into word. This show is the first of a 12-part TMC Embraces Wellness series, and we're all really excited about bringing this series to our community, highlighting the outstanding work of TMC and their commitments, not just to care, but to health and wellness. That's their proactive agenda, and they're doing it everywhere you look around this community. So the name of our show tonight is Hospitals and Healing Environments, a Critical Pairing. And joining me for the next 30 minutes are my in-studio guests, and you all know how I love to have in-studio guests, Marty Enriquez, Vice President, Chief Nursing Officer, and Michael Duran, Vice President, Chief Development Officer, who has known me for at least 20 years, Mike. If not. So we met in our teens, a long clearly. Time ago. Right, at TMC. <laughs> Thanks, you both, and welcome for being here. Thank and I you. really don't want to talk too much, which is, you know, unusual, but on the radio, I like to be a very good listener. TMC is one of those places that the word to describe it is unique. It's history, how it started out as a tuberculosis center. I hope I can weave in my Judy Collins story. I think to set the stage for how much of a healing environment is, give us a little bit of the history. Tucson Medical Center began with a, a single act of philanthropy when Alfred and Anna Erickson gave the land, which is about 120 acres, uh, to the community to build a hospital on the east side of Tucson. But its history really goes back even 20 years before that, because when Alfred and Anna came out here originally in the 1920s, they opened a um, resort-like uh, tuberculosis treatment center called the Desert Sanatorium, or what we affectionately call the Desert Sand. And they ran that for 20-some years and then realized one day that Tucson needed another hospital. And ironically, it was a nursing shortage that inspired them to want to give the land to the community. So they offered all the uh, buildings that existed at the time to the community. Uh, you'll remember the name Roy Drachman. He was the chair totally. of the fundraising committee, and they raised $200,000 then to launch the hospital, which in today's dollars, when you factor in inflation, would have been about $20 million to launch the hospital. So our history is deep in this community, and we're deeply rooted in all things community. And it's, it's weird to say this, but I, I hope I can really convey my feelings and my thoughts about this. It's deeply rooted in its sense of place. And when you go to hospitals, they're almost all like, you know, bad or good or indifferent. If you need hospital care, you want to go to a good hospital. But they're they're up and down. They're You would call that vertical. And you go in and you go ride the elevator and you go up and down. The deep history for me that creates this sense of pairing with wellness 
is how it's located. It's 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 still in the desert. There's still green all around it, and it's not. It doesn't have elevators that go up and down. It's a really interesting story. It's a wonderful story. When Alfred and Anna Erickson gave the land to the community in 1943 to start the hospital, she said to the uh, the community, the, 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 the fundraising committee and the people that were going to run the hospital, she said, I don't care what you do with the rest of the land. Just don't block my view of the beautiful Santa Catalina Mountains. So as a consequence... That stuck... As a consequence, <laughs> yes. the Erickson home, which still exists and is still on the campus, is on the far west side of the property. And the hospital, we still believe is the largest one-story hospital in the country, grew east toward what we now know as Craycroft Road, for those listeners who may be familiar with Tucson. And so if you were to take everything in TMC today and put it in a vertical high-rise, it, it would be 20 stories tall. Wow. It's a big, big acute care hospital. But the uniqueness of it is that growing horizontally on one floor gave us the ability to build courtyards. So every patient room in the hospital, with the exception of the new surgical tower that we just opened three years ago, every, room, every patient room in the hospital has a window to a landscape courtyard. And that's uh, continuing that legacy of, of, of creating this healing environment for our patients. And it is, it's beautiful landscape. It doesn't look like it's not all pristine. It's desert. It's beautiful. There's cactus and there's trees. There's hummingbirds. Every time I ever go there, it's a hummingbird. So to me, it's not just healing for the people that are in the beds, which we have to care about the most, but sometimes hospital stays require the caregivers to be sitting there and be a part mm -hmm. of it. And you can look outside. You can go outside. You can take your lunch and not be in a hospital setting because it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're you know, kind of on a picnic only at the hospital. <laughs> Does that our, make sense? Uh, our grounds and maintenance crew are very, very proud of the work they do. And when we recently went through a rezoning process uh, to uh, get the uh, entitlements to build our surgical tower, the residents um, made some comments about the landscaping. And we said, if you looked at photographs from 1943, it was just a few cactuses and a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, um, um, sagebrush. Right, right, right. So when you drive through the campus now, there's saguaro cactuses and there's beautiful landscaping and flowers and we're very proud of that and I think that adds to the healing environment. I do too and frequently when I put stuff on Instagram, I just say the desert speaks. Mm -hmm. It's the subtle beauty that's there. It's not dry. It's not desolate and you've been able to create that inside for their people that you're giving care to and their visitors. Marty, what about the nurses? Talk about the nurses. Let you Before we got on air, you told me a Florence Nightingale story, and I love when I remember that great story. So tell us about Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale was the mother of nursing. She was the very first nurse that uh, ever happened. Um, she really believed in a healing environment. She constantly talked about the importance of air the importance of light, and the importance of a beautiful landscape. And she also always talked about how important that healing environment was also for the caretaker, those that took care of the patients. And nurses today make up over one-third of all the employees in any hospital. They really are the eyes and the ears of physicians. They really have to be on top of their game each and every day because the patients and the families they care for depend on them to pick up signs and symptoms and cues that something is awry, that they need to take quick action. Their critical thinking skills have to be sharp each and every day. 
It's a very giving profession. It's a very demanding profession. Very. Physically, what? mentally, emotionally. You got it on all those cylinders. And, and for anybody that's experienced a hospital stay, what is the first thing you do when the patient you're caring for, in my case, it was my husband or whatever, you just, the first word out of your mouth is nurse. Correct. <laughs> Seriously. It is. Absolutely. Excuse me. It is nurse. So it's really important for all of us to remember that. And I loved preparing for this show and thinking about they're not ever invisible. They're very present. But thinking about their needs was a message that I really wanted to be to come clear about this um, from the show that the, the caregivers matter. And TMC successfully recognizes that and incorporates it into some of the things you do. Mike, let's go back a minute to a sense of space, because I want to give people from around the country a visual. You know, you, every room, you can look out into a courtyard, you can sit out there for lunch, but there are some particular places that you can go. And I wonder, I want to ask you and then ask Marty if she encourages the nurses to go there. But my most recent experience was the dedication for the Women of Honor Courtyard. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I was one of the first ones to get there. I was one of the last ones to leave. To me, everything in that space had to be intentional. There are all kinds of elements. There's color. There's beautiful um, flora and fauna. There's people's tiles. I wanted to read about that. There's words of hope and encouragement. So tell me a little bit about the thinking, the intentional thinking that went into the creating of that sacred space. Well, we are building uh, and re reconfiguring our women's center. We're the market leader in maternal fetal medicine in our community, and that's very important to us. That's very important. Last year, for example, we delivered 5,600 babies. That's a lot of new babies. And women shop around to where they're going to have their baby. Yes, I hate to say that, but yes, they really they do. do. As a mother, I wanted to know where I was going, what kind of care I was getting, and you know, and then I, of course, had Emily at home. But I was a renegade. You know that. Was, and yeah. women dictate where the care for their family will, will be, be going forward. Yes, yes. So these spaces. So that's so, a good statistic to let me know also. So when we began this process of designing it, we, one of the first conversations we had very early on was we've got to build some outdoor space. It's just, it, it's part of our culture. It's who we are. It's built into our DNA. So the Women of Honor Courtyard, when we began designing it, uh, we met with a designer by the name of Gail Roberts. Very good and friend she came and beautiful up, artist. She came up with a, a just a, a brilliant idea about showing the stages that women go through in their lives. From the very beginning, to nurturing, to growing, all the way through wisdom. And as you walk through this courtyard, and we encourage all of our staff and certainly our patients and families and visitors and guests to to enjoy these outdoor spaces, you really get a sense for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to express. And you're so absolutely correct when you say it was our intention to do this because we wanted to honor the women in our lives. We wanted to honor the women that have graced the halls at TMC for over 70 years. It's very important to us for, to build this space. And now when you walk by this courtyard, inevitably you'll see people out there enjoying the outdoor space. The other day I happened to walk by and the maternal child nursing team was sitting out there there were eight of them and i walked out to the courtyard and said what are you guys doing here and they said it's so beautiful here we're having our meeting we needed to get away think out of the box come up with creative solutions to some problems we've been having and everyone wanted to come out here and do it and look how creative we've been 
and they showed me a list of ideas that they'd come up with, and it was just wonderful to see. That's magic. It is. That's magic. And I know that I have two stories. One is, you know, really good friends of ours, Lynn and Bruce Dusenberry. Bruce was surprising Lynn with a with a you know a plaque, a, a tile. It's, there are no plaques. That's a horrible visual, but a beautiful mosaic tile done by Gail Roberts. Honoring Linwood Dusenberry, who, by the way, does so much for, in the philanthropic world in Tucson. Now she's a full-time um, volunteer for many projects. I have to get on her calendar more than she was at the U of A. And my friend Alan Shear was there, and he lost his wife um, way, way, way too early. And she was at TMC. I visited her many times, and he was working out with the family to get something to honor her. So there's a, there's a, I don't know what to call it, a feeling there of... You want to know who's there and why is that name on the wall and what the family wanted, the intention there, and then the sheer beauty of it. I mean, the mosaic art itself, the things that Gail created are gorgeous. Beautiful. And the metalwork, she used a local metal sculpture. So you just you just have to stop. And it's a, for someone that does Instagram, it's an Instagram heaven. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Not everybody's Instagram, but I'm like, oh, I have to get this, I have to get that. We can't... We can't go on unless we talk about the kids' unit. I took a tour of that, and I am prone to hyperbole. I do exaggerate. I can't over-exaggerate this one. It's a fun place. And I was in the hospital as a kid for two long stays. It wasn't like that. So tell us about the intentionality of creating a healing space for children and some of the components. It's a big deal. In 2012, we opened what we call TMC for Children, which is our children's medical center with 44 beautiful private rooms, uh, three different courtyards that the kids and families get to enjoy. Uh, There's family waiting areas. There's respite rooms where they can rest. They can watch TV. They can get on the Internet. Uh, That was our intention, to create this wonderful space for families. Um, The kids, believe believe it or not, some of the kids have so much fun that they don't want to go home. I do believe that because there's a lot more stuff to play with than some kids might have in their house. For those of you that know Southern Arizona, uh, south of Tucson, we have many, many pecan farms. And so we designed a pecan tree to put right in the center of this medical center. It's amazing. And there's a library in there. There's computers for the kids. There's a playroom. There's uh, It's just wonderful space. But what really makes that special is we have a group of professionals called um, child life specialists. They're all college trained there and they help kids with the so psych psychosocial aspect of being hospitalized. And any kid that's admitted um, uh, to our uh, children's medical center is assigned one of those child life workers, employees, staff members, and they get to do things throughout their entire stay. And a lot of it is built around educational tools, arts and crafts, keeping them current with their homework in school. And the kids end up having a great time. And it's also to help allay their fears when they don't know what's going to happen to them. And so they work with the children pre and post uh, any surgical procedure or any hospital stay to address any concerns. What I like about that unit is that when I talk to the nursing staff about the things that they can do to know who they are and what they need to continue to fill their cup that gets drained every day that they work. I talk about them pampering themselves and really playing with their inner child. Love it. Because a 10-year-old child is very authentic and wants to do what they want to do. And I think all of us need to do that sometime and step out of our role that is, again, so draining uh, and take time for ourselves to enjoy that moment of freedom. And I think they like that, too. That's a great bit of advice for 
human beings in general, even when I like I have a high profile guest and I'm a nervous wreck, if there's any part of them that I've been able to observe that's fun, the most important thing I say to myself is, and let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. And kids going into the hospital, I can't think of a worse situation yeah. as a parent than putting your kid, admitting your kid to the hospital, your child to the hospital. And I believe that humor is really a big part of who you are and what you need to do every day to address that anxiety in addition to being able to meditate, to potentially keeping a journal of your experiences and what you're learning because those experiences are what built you as a professional and what make you who you are when you're providing that care and that nurturing and that support and education each and every day. It changes the whole dynamic of interactions and talk about promoting healing for kids and for all of us. And I want to know, I wanted to try to articulate this perfectly as well. For me, learning about all of the things that have happened historically with TMC, the programs you have, it's really not about treatment of sick people, in my opinion. It's more about the wellness and their health and their well-being. Everything that I've read and, and observed and see around this community is about TMC promoting wellness and good health and prevention. Talk to me about how the community garden fits into that, because that's another thing. I mean, that was 2009, I think it started, way before. Now there's a community garden on every block almost, I mean, which is a good thing. Of course, Mrs. Green loves that. They're in schools. There are people putting them at work. There's lots of places. But you did it as far back as 2009. What was the vision then for promoting wellness? I think it goes along with um, our promoting our people. You know, we, we have goals and objectives that we establish every year, you know, for the, for the following year. And we have what we call our people goal. Our, they're called true norths around patient experience, yes, around yes. profitability, around quality and safety, and around people. We felt that it was very, very important, in fact, critical to our success as a not-for-profit standalone community hospital to be focused on our people. And I'll give you a couple examples. And the garden is a great one. We, we decided one day that we had some... We had some space out by this park. We have a park on the campus called Life Game Park. And we thought, I wonder if our employees would be interested in, in a, like a public garden. And sure enough, we, we did lots of surveys, and it came back that people would love to do that, to have a space where they could call their own. And so now, uh, six, seven years later, th- this garden has just been phenomenal. Uh, everybody takes a, a plot. They grow their own vegetables. If there's an overabundance, they either give it away or sell it to employees at, at discounted prices. But it's given employees a, a sense of connection to their community, that even at work, they can have a sense of community. And I think it's about investing in our employees. You know, TMC, like any other big hospital, is really bricks and mortar. It's the people inside that make it the organization that it is. Truly. And so you have to invest in those people and in their health if you want them to help our patients achieve a point in their life when they can be discharged and have a quality of life that they want to live. We built a walking trail that's uh, 1.7 miles around the perimeter of the hospital, and we have active walking and health health and wellness programs just for the employees. And you see that when you go there. You see them in their, in their nurses' uniforms. You and, yeah, right. you see walking them walking around, path. which is really great. Talk mm-hmm. about promoting wellness. Marty, Let's. I want to skip around just a little bit because we, we have to make sure we, we honor and discuss the tough jobs that nurses have and, and go back to that a little bit more in depth. They are the caregivers. 
I want, I'd love you to address, you know, what is their stress level like? What kinds of things? I mean, I can't even imagine. I could never be a nurse, and that's the highest compliment. So how do you help support them? Because you want the healing environment to be for them, not just your patients. Well, you know, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to be doing this this week. Tomorrow is Florence Nightingale's birthday, and, you gotta and be it's the end of I celebrating. It. <laughs> it's the end of celebrating National Nurses Week, and so there's a lot of festivities that come around during this week where we focus on taking care of yourself, because by virtue of the profession, nurses are always at the bottom of the list in terms of taking care of themselves. So we really constantly have to remind them that they come first and that they have to find a way to do self-care. We talk about them debriefing certain situations at the time that they happen so that we can address any concerns they have. We try and create respite spaces for them where if they're having a horrible day, a a stressful day, go for 10, 15 minutes, scream if you need to, but but get get it out of your system because you have to come back in tip-top shape. We have lounges for them where they can take their breaks. We encourage the breaks. We provide support groups. We have chaplains on site. We also have an employee assistance program where we can bring people in that can help them if they need that kind of support. But it's a constant reminder that that patient is the only one that matters today. And as you know, as human beings, we all have personal things going on each and every day. But when you're in that work setting, you're there to provide care. The patient and their family has to be the most important. So again, it's all about mindfulness. It's all about critical thinking skills. It's all about deliberate and purposeful action when it's needed. Because a stranger walks in and within a moment, you have to recognize what's going on with that person. What do I need to do to make him feel at ease? How do I make them feel comfortable and what's important here? And it can't, you know, when you were talking, I thought about my interaction with nurses in hospitals. They can't look, act, or show if they're having a bad day. What Correct. pressure that is. Correct. So what if they just, you know, got some of the worst news about maybe one of their family members? Mm-hmm. It's critical for them because they're the caregivers. They're the ones that are providing that link to healing. So a lot the, of pressure. So the environment and the teamwork of their colleagues is also critical. Yes. You know, we talk about leaders also being very important because many people leave their jobs because they get burned out or they don't like their leader. So we're focusing on how we train our leaders to be better leaders. We're focusing on how we create a supportive and nurturing environment where they're not afraid to speak up where they can take action, where they become team members to address and resolve any of the concerns that they have to be there for each other and to support them. And going back to the the title of the show about healing environments and a perfect pairing in hospitals, it's so TMC is the place because even being able to see green sometimes puts me in a better mood. I could never work in an office where you couldn't see outside. I've never been able to do that. So to me, that's part of who I am. And I'm sure for nurses in their critical situations every day, it's not like they get to slack off at work or put their head down on their desk, which you can do in an office job. You can say, I'm going out for a while, but they're on demand and on shift and they've got to be up. What pressure, incredible pressure. 
you want to tell us a little bit about the new grad program that you have implemented? So we understand that we have one of the best new grad programs in the state of Arizona, and this came from the director of the Arizona Nurses Association. I feel like ringing the bell. I do. I'm feeling the urge. It's like, yes, yay, <laughs> yay. one of the best. Anytime when, Tucson is one of the best. Correct. Yay. When we hire new graduate nurses that are just graduating from school, we put them through an orientation program. After they complete their orientation, they're in a residency program for one year wow. where we continue to provide a four-hour workshop every month of support, education, networking, where they can touch base with each other. This past year, we hired uh, probably close to 100 new graduates. This year, we will have hired close to 150 new graduates. So it's very important that we keep them once we train them and that they recognize that we're trying to provide a healthy environment. We're giving them some time in our wellness center where they can go and exercise, know what it's about so that they can join and the support, again, is critical, critical to their transition critical. from being a student to joining the profession of nursing. And in, in a sense, it almost becomes like a peer advisory group where you have your peers that are on the line experiencing the same things. And nothing is more validating than when you can share stories like that with Absolutely. each other. And, and how creating, do you learn? Yes. And creating that environment by making it a part of what you offer to me is just stellar. Mike, I'd love to talk a little about, can you tell me about the Healing Art Program? I would love to. I really, I'm glad I didn't forget that. And then you're gone. I'm like, oh, darn, I wanted to ask him about that. Tell us about that. Well, three years ago, I was approached by a couple, uh, Doris and Len Chorus, who uh, by their own admission are addicts, art addicts. They can't go anywhere and not buy a piece That's of good. art. That's so a when you fun walk addiction. In, so when you walk into their home, they've got 300 pieces of gallery and museum quality wow. art in their home not to mention the 50 or so sculptures around the outside of their home so we began talking about art in hospitals and i didn't know much about it but then uh that year there was a short little six minute piece on 60 minutes about cedar sinai hospital in los angeles and i happened to be watching it and i thought <laughs> that's it that's it that's what we want to that's do. what we want and what what we wanted at the time was to take donations of museum and gallery quality art, place them in the hospital, because the research tells us now, it, it's well settled in the literature that art is very healing. It's yes. a great respite for patients that want to get that can get up and that are ambulatory can walk down the hallway and see beautiful art in the hospital. Uh, we also know that um, in terms of the healing environment, We've got eight miles of hallway at TMC. Another little known fact. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I take a wrong turn, I'm wondering it. It's like, am I ever going to get out of here? So <laughs> Everybody we, works there. So knows. we have a lot of wall space. But I'm really proud to say that uh, three years later, uh, we have installed over 400 pieces of gallery and museum quality art in the hospital. And there's a, a researcher here at the University of Arizona by the name of Esther Sternberg who talks about healing spaces. And she uses... She's world-renowned yes, and she about healing spaces. in her presentation the courtyards and the art at TMC. So we're following the best practices in the literature about creating uh, beautiful art on the wall so that people can enjoy it. Um, and when I get testimonials from family members who are having a stressful time because their loved one's in the hospital and they can take a few minutes and just get completely lost in the kind art. Kind of go to an art gallery exactly. in the hospital exactly just by walking down. I mean, who doesn't love to do that? It's a peaceful, calming, soothing feeling. So we have a committee now made of community members, uh, art collectors, gallery owners uh, who want to help us 
really grow this program. And in, and in two short years, as I said, we've we've have over 400 installations of museum and gallery quality art. And to the point now where people are coming to the hospital, and they visit the the volunteers at the the reception desk and say, "Oh, I'm here to see the." The Andy Warhol or the Jackson Pollock or the oh this or the God. that. So we're it. now doing tours of the hospital and the art for those folks. I want to see the Jackson Pollock. I just well, went I'm to kidding. New York and it's like, I, there's nothing of his I'm really excited about seeing. <laughs> Let's be honest here, Gina. It's okay that you don't have any Jackson Pollock. Final words. We have less than a minute left. And I just feel as though one of the things I should do is talk about... Um, making choices, conscious choices for your health care. And that was what I was so excited about, about this partnership, that consciously choose a hospital facility that really does promote wellness and healing, and you just have to walk in the door to see it. That's my commercial for TMC, having spent time there with friends and loved ones and myself. It's just, it's just different. That's all I can say. You look out and you see green. That's enough for me. Final words, anybody? When I visit patients, they tell me that in spite of the nurses being busy, that they appear happy, that they smile, that they're healthy, and that they're tending to their needs. And to me, that tells me that we're doing everything right to promote wellness among our team as well. A beautiful pairing. And you can only sense that. It's not something you can teach people. They have to come from that place. I don't think you can fake that. Mike, any last words? Well, we're a not-for-profit standalone community hospital. We're independent and we intend to stay that way for a long, long time. Hear, hear. That is the thing that I want to hear. Couldn't be a better note on which to end because we want to keep TMC live, local, and late breaking. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) let's steal that line. Make it a great Green Week, everybody. Mike and Marty, the M&M's, thanks for being with us. It was a great show. Thank you.